It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show. So happy to have you join us once again. Um, I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, about the uh, my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And if you go to that uh, website, there are over 100 shows there now, and you can archive them and you know look at the synopsis on each show and maybe even binge listen to some of the shows by the same guest. Uh, I have some amazing personalities that have joined me over the last couple of years to do the Synergy Connection show. One of the sponsors of the show is Boomers Forever Young, and it's located in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, They have some of the most amazing world-class nutritional products that I've ever seen, and I have been using them for the last couple of years. The one product that I would encourage everyone to familiarize yourself with is a gluten-free product called Gladiator Barley. And in today's world where we've had COVID-19 with us since March of 2020, um, it behooves all of us to figure out how to get our inflammation level down and how to get toxins out of the body. And this particular product will do exactly that. So if you go to the website and you click on the link into Boomers Forever Young, you can sign up for the newsletter, which I actually write for them. And you can look at their blogs, look at their videos, and read about their amazing world-class products. If you decide to order anything, you can use my first name, Lucy, L-U-C-Y, and get $5 off if you put that into the promo code. So go check it out and see what you think. I can't believe that uh, you would not be totally thrilled by using their products and the results that you're going to receive. Um, Today I have returning with me Kristen Gieslin and Kristen has been on my show. I think you were one of the very first people that came with me over two years ago now. And so you've probably been here about five times, at least. Oh, yeah, at least five times. Because yeah. in the early days, I was coming more often until you started building up the right, guest pool. Right, right, And now I've got about 25, I guess, people that um, are cycling in and out. Because I, my personal belief is that you need to hear something multiple times before you get it. And so I never want to have a guest just come on once. Because all of these individuals that I know and am and, and friends with... Um, have amazing stories to tell and amazing um, histories that they can share. So I feel like um, you know my job is to help people connect those dots in multiple ways over multiple times and maybe eventually parts of it will begin to sort of sink in. But um, you have catalyzed positive changes I guess for thousands of individuals and hundreds of nonprofit organizations so that's really cool. It, it is cool, and um, I'm proud of that work, and um, when I look back, I feel like it's been easy for me to sleep at night, because I know <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, I put my best foot forward and tried to use my skills and um, my opportunity, you know, the opportunities that I had to benefit others in as much as possible. Well, I know you're available for personal and business consultations. Um, You do some mentoring, and we do this by Zoom anymore, and you do custom workshops and presentations for companies. So if they want to find you, where would they go to? Um, Currently, uh, it's Kristen, my name, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Geeslin, G-like girl, E-E-S-L-I-N, and uh, M-S on Facebook, or Kristen Geeslin number two at gmail.com. And I'm working actually on two websites as we speak. One will be focused more for business uh, consulting and training, and then the other website will be focusing more on the coaching and intuitive development. So That's going to keep you very busy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of working on both of them at the same time. I'm actually working on the con- one for the con- training and consulting more at this moment, and you know, because a lot of the, the traffic that's been on my Facebook f- feed is more on the on the uh, intuitive and uh, mindfulness theta healing side. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a lot. It's like I'm doing a juggling thing, but I, especially right now, because I am anticipating that um, a lot of businesses and organizations and nonprofits are going to need to be pivoting and shifting, and we're going to have a lot of people uh, out there that are going to have unmet needs, sorry to say, um, as a result of what's happening with the coronavirus and the economy, and so... Um, I want to share, you know, the experience that I accumulated over over three three decades working in nonprofit organizations and government funded programs. Do you think the nonprofits are really going to struggle economically because of all this? Unfortunately, what happens in the for profit sector eventually affects the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector because you know plan giving goes down, and you know when individuals who might be big funders are you know personally affected, their finances are you know depleted in some way, they're less likely to give as much as they would in a you know on a good year. So yeah, it just means that nonprofit government sector organizations are going to have to be you know more thrifty, more focused, mm-hmm. um, and really not. Uh, focuses much on sometimes um, the do-gooding universe can be a little territorial and this is not the time for that you know it's going to be a really a time to look toward greater collaboration and use utilizing resources that are available as as well as possible mm-hmm. you know even more so than a regular day mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah really um I know years ago when I uh, first moved to Florida, I was attached to the schools and all of our uh, money came from Juvenile Welfare Board. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was around 2008 when the economy crashed and people, you know, their home values and, and the taxes that were collected on that went away for the most part and the funding for the schools that I was involved in also went away. Right, so right. I know that um, Metropolitan Ministries, in fact, was doing an ad a little earlier this evening because um, we're recording, you know, prior to the show going on. And um, it was interesting to me because they have so many people in this area in Pinellas County that need assistance. And so they have, you know, warehouses and now they've got to fill them. And, you know, they've been giving tons literally of food away and now we're moving into thanksgiving we're moving into the christmas holidays in the next couple of months and so it's scary for them i mean because they know that there's so many people who need help right right a much bigger demand than normal so um today our our title of our of our talk today was adjust your dials to find your smile Mm -hmm. and of course you know as we're looking at these different challenges that society is faced with right now um, just getting through the election results and, and getting some degree of normalcy again back after the election. Then we have the holidays coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be um, having to adjust how they're spending this year because they haven't had the same income. So there's just a lot of potential stress um, that any typical human being would be facing. And, right. and this isn't new stress now. This is stress on top of stress people have already been experiencing. <laughs> right. And yeah, so, you know, in order to really be able to um, sort of not succumb, as in, you know, not getting depressed, not gaining 25 pounds, um, being reasonably friendly to live with, you know, to your family or your roommates or whoever, you know, kind of keeping it together. I feel at this point really requires more fine tuning mm-hmm. than we normally have to do in our lives. Oh, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you were sharing a few moments ago that one of your fine tuning things is that you would go to uh, a local park. Yes. Yeah. I've been doing it since uh, March when uh, you know COVID raised its head here to the degree that everybody was shutting things down. And I thought I'm just, I'm too much a person that has to be out in nature with wildlife, with plants, with water, with air, and staying in was not the answer for me. And so um, going to a park where people do socially distance, it's not like we're packed in, and it's a small park, but beautiful sunsets are available. Uh, wildlife is available to watch and uh, so quite often I go there um, and have dinner and uh, we, there's some regulars and so we all say hi to each other and take pictures and I post them on Facebook uh, for people to see because I realize that a lot of people are inland and so they don't get to see what I get to see on a regular basis. 
so there you go. That's yeah. part of how you adjust your dials. You yes. know, at the end of a busy day, you know, you take yourself to, you know, we have some absolutely world-class sunsets here mm-hmm. on the west coast of Florida. And, you, you know, you put yourself in that kind of comfortable, you know, environment where you can have some social contact, but you still feel safe. Right. So, um, so good for you. I decided that uh, sometime in July, I started to feel a little cabin feverish. I had visited the other coast of Florida in June and dipped into the Atlantic Ocean and had a great time in those crazy waves they have over there. And I said, why am I not going to the Gulf of Mexico? Right. You know, which is about 2.7 miles from my house. And I thought, well, that's what I'm going to start doing. I am going to start going to the Gulf of Mexico. And so I started with about three times a week. And then I started to realize on the weekends, I wouldn't feel as good as Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Two days off from the beach wasn't really working. So then I said, okay, I'll start going every other day. So I just now phased out because the water temperature is starting to drop, the air temperature is starting to drop, but I am going to continue swimming. I will be at the local YMCA, so I'm transitioning to an indoor swimming environment. Um, But I knew I had to do something to just, I don't know, I wanted to pick up my... um, you know, my chemicals, my happy mm-hmm. chemicals. I don't know if I was getting serotonin or dopamine or the endorphins, which ones, but I was getting a nice mix. And I said, you know what? I'm keeping this. This is working. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a way to kind of adjust my dials. I also this summer have done a lot of extra meditation. And I had a, a little um, counting assignment that I had been working on. And now I have new, more mantra counting assignments to work on. And even if I don't do it all at once, if I just kind of pop in and pop out of it during the day, I do feel that it helps me um, not get bogged down in what I'm doing. You know, having that little break where I'm shifting gears and stepping back from the work that I may be doing, you know, like building the website, coming up with content, or, or if I'm doing some kind of scheduling activity, whatever I'm doing on the screen, when I just take that little break away from the screen, and just, you know, rest into that deeper level of consciousness, you know, it, it shifts me completely. Then when I come back, I feel sharper and a little more ready to, to do something creative. We used to call that, um, when I was doing counseling with people on a full-time basis, the five-minute vacation. <laughs> there and, you go. <laughs> um, and so I would tell people, because you can't always, you know, just go out for a walk. But I said, you can always go to the bathroom. And so you go into your stall and you sit for five minutes and go to a happier place. So for some people, it might be the mountains. For some, it might be the beach, the woods, um, a hammock, whatever was their happy place. And just picture that and to breathe. And that was their five-minute vacation. And then they could stand up and go back to their desk or wherever they happened to be. But it works really, really well because it engages the imagination. And anytime you can engage that creative part of yourself, you get to escape. So that's that's cool. So you do it with counting, you said it's the a mantra, mantra. And there's a visualization. So I am indeed, you know, leaving this regular time uh-huh. space. I'm inviting a deity to hang out with me in my living room or wherever I'm meditating right. at that moment. And I'm communing with that energy for that five minutes or however long. Do you ever see your deity? You know, that is there an image that comes with it so that it's a familiar person? Oh, oh yeah, there are visualizations of all of the deities, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. who's your favorite? Uh, Tara, probably. Okay, Tara. and what does Tara look like? Tara is a female, you know, um, goddess-looking mm-hmm. person, often green, sometimes white, sometimes red. So um, she looks kind of, uh, hmm, how would you put it? She looks like you can recognize a human form, Mm -hmm. but also otherworldly, you know, goddess-like. She has lotus blossoms, and sometimes she's uh, depicted with, you know, like a bronze statue with uh, coral and turquoise, so sometimes she's dressed up and made fancy. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more about a feeling that I'm able to evoke that is a feeling of protection. When I do a, like a Tara mantra, it gives me a sense of um, all is well with the world and and uh, generating a protective energy as well. So does your breathing change as you're doing oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. And sometimes I also hear my spine readjust or I'll, okay. I'll hear the cerebral spinal fluid start to move in the back of my neck 
Oh, yeah. It depends on how long I sit, not in five minutes. You know, it takes a little more sitting to start to notice my body unraveling itself and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it does. It does mm -hmm. after a bit. It does really do it. Maybe 35 or 40 minutes, I notice a really big difference. So, but I don't always have 35 or 40 minutes at the start of the day. So right. then maybe I'll do 15 minutes, but then I'll pop back in, you know, a couple times during the day. So, so it's like turning the page down. You can go back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can pop back in, you know, at, at my discretion. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Very, it's a very, uh, Vajrayana Buddhism is a very practical, flexible, portable Type of a practice most everything has like at least three versions this is the long extended version the medium version and then the short version depending on you know time <laughs> your time availability <laughs> right because i would think the long extended version would require at least an hour um, where you can just be immersed in what you're doing whereas the shorter versions 15 minutes yeah right? yeah absolutely yep very mm. flexible so I'm lucky to have that and but I will say that what I've done that's different during this time of you know COVID is that I've made these self-care practices a little more non-negotiable I've just said, okay, here's the deal. You will be doing this. Mm -hmm. And I may miss a day here or there, but overall, you know, I've been really sticking to the healthy healthy eating, the exercise, and the meditation. Right. I'm like, everything else is going to take care of itself. If I do those three things, then the rest of my life, I'm going to get the work done because I'll be bored if I'm not doing something creative. So I'm generally naturally drawn to do something. Um, so, yeah, for me... Just having a few of these things kind of just, okay, non-negotiable, get it done. And it doesn't have to be done perfectly. When mm -hmm. I was swimming in the Gulf of Mexico some days, I just felt like, okay, I don't have very much mojo. But I was like, that's fine. Just get in the water, flop around for a while, <laughs> you know. But the reality is once I got in the water, you know, and the sky was there and I was hearing the pelicans and the seagulls, then I got energy and then I wanted to swim more, mm -hmm. you know. So it was just, it's just kind of getting out of your own, you know, getting out of your own way. I Did think. you ever have to be concerned about riptides? There's a little bit of current, and I did have to, I learned how to watch the current. And I also learned that I like to swim into the current when I first got there and then swim back with the current on the second leg. So, because I was going two or three markers. And so, mm -hmm. the further I swam, you know, and there were some days that it was like a treadmill. There was so much current, not a riptide per se, but there was so much current that I felt that I was on a swimming treadmill. So, wow. okay. so, so like that day, I'm just like, I guess I'm just going to stay in front of this one building the whole time I'm swimming and then I'm tired and then I'm just going to drift back and that's it. You know, I, mm -hmm. uh, there was no getting to another marker, you know, it was just not going to happen. Did you ever hope that maybe a dolphin encounter would take place? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but you know, I didn't, I, I saw dolphins when I was there, but I didn't, none came and swam with me, mm -hmm. but the pelicans were very close, you know, numbers of times. And I feel like I might have felt a jellyfish in the water, which was a little creepy, but that was all right. It didn't hurt me. I just kind of scooched away. Um, I had little tiny fishes come and nibble on me. You know, like when you get into a bunch of small fish, like a right. minnow type things, they right. will nip you, which is kind of freaky. You're like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, but overall, I felt pretty comfortable, more comfortable actually in the Gulf than I thought I might at the beginning. So as time went by, I like I think I liked it more and more. And then as the water temperature started to drop and the air temperature started dropping, I was kind of like, oh, bummer. You know, I can see it'll my, be back. <laughs> I know it'll be back. So I'll just be, you know, under under a roof swimming for four or five months, maybe four months, maybe without the jellyfish and the nibbly fish. And right. <laughs> right. It's not as entertaining Pelicans, or right. exciting in those kind of ways. Right. But it's also, you know, I don't have to work against the current either. So right. that's that makes it handy for me. That's true. So I just want to go back to this idea of dials. I feel that we have we have dials sort of the where we can tune in and tune out different things in our outer world. Mm -hmm. And then we have things that we can tune in and tune out in our inner world. Mm -hmm. And some of the things in our outer world, we cannot directly control or influence. 
but we don't have to look at. So if you're unhappy with what's happening on the news, you don't have to watch news for six hours a day. Right. You can you can talk, you can tap in and, and watch 15 minutes of news. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, ask your friends what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. in my house, my adult daughter is very newsy and she reads Reddit constantly. So if there's anything significant that happens, I'm going to know. You know, I don't really even have to watch too much news. I can listen to, you know, just very few news reports, you know, during the course of a week, and I'm going to keep up. There's Mm -hmm. nothing major that's going to happen that I'm going to miss. I know that, uh, you know, BBC at least reports a little more neutrally. And so if you kind of want news that isn't too biased... That's another place you can go. Yeah, listening to news that's not generated in the United States about the United States mm-hmm. is a way to get an, an a more objective view. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. However, you know, I just think how much news you're watching is, you know, up to each individual, of course. But if you find that watching the news is causing you to be depressed, angry, and agitated, then you, you may want to think, or disempowered. You know, some people just feel depressed and, and lose their mm-hmm. energy over mm-hmm. what they're seeing. So if those things are happening, then, you know, this is a situation where you need to check yourself and right. say, hey, how much time do I really need to be watching in order to know what's happening in the world and be ready if I need to respond to something? Right. You know? I mean, being aware is one thing, and then we have so many people that are addicted to a particular news person or you know, Fox News or CNN, but I mean, it's like um, they can't even function without listening on a regular basis. And, um, you know, to me, that's sad because you're getting news that is definitely biased and it's going to try to persuade you to think a certain way. Right. And, you know, as grownups, in fact, I heard something on how to listen to the news about the election today on the way here. Okay. And it was a media specialist. And they said, you should pick at least three sources. Mm-hmm. If you if you really want to have some clue, you know, have have them in different houses of you know beliefs or, or ideology or whatever, and then if you listen to all three and then you know read between the lines, mm-hmm. now you can get to your get to your news story. Exactly. You know, but most of us, I feel, are not going to be directly influencing the outcome of the election at this point. If we voted, that's it for us. That okay, we've done what we're going to do for this time around. Right. So the the part of the equation that we do have influence over is what we tune into internally. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we say, okay, I've done my part, I've contributed, that's it for this this time and let it go, now we have that energy to like pay attention to other things that are going on in our mm-hmm, life, okay? Mm-hmm. And and be aware of what other feelings might be coming up related to other things. But if we keep just stuck on this one thing that we have no control over, then we lose our energy, we lose our focus, and we're not able to really even maybe affect the things in our life in a positive way that we could if we didn't have our energy all fixated on something that's really out of our control. Right. So right. this is where we need to dial inside to mm-hmm. our own experience and say, hey, you know, what do I want for myself in the next 90 days out of the holidays that are coming up, out of seeing what happens through the inauguration? You know, am I going to allow my peace and my harmony to be pushed all around by all these different things that are going to happen that I have no control or influence over? Or am I going to say, what can I control and influence in my universe that can make give me some satisfaction and some happiness and some joy? Right, right. So like for you and your daughter, as you're looking, you know, forward to the holidays, um, how... How are you actually, I know what I'm doing, but how are you guys kind of handling this so that you come through the end of 2020 with at least a reasonably positive attitude towards life, regardless of what happens? Right, right. Well, you know, we we are, we are tend to try to figure out what's going to work for us, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not really big on doing things because that's the social norm. We, mm-hmm. just, we just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's basically me, my daughter my mom, maybe some other people, you know, exes, friends may join in. Um, and we, we haven't decided what we're going to do so far for the, for, for 
Thanksgiving. We're, we're working that out. You know, do we want to go out? Do we want to stay home? Do we want to have the food brought in? Do we want to cook the food? You know, we have options. Are we going to go to my mother's house or will we have it at my house? Will we sit outside, which is a new thing we've explored? Okay, would we feel more comfortable sitting outside for the meal and right. having more space and having more social space right. outside? So I think the main thing is to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. To not just assume because you did it last year a certain way, which probably you aren't going to do it exactly like you did it last year. Right. To say, and what's important about this holiday? You know, what what part what part of it really is meaningful to you? What do you really care about? What would make it a good day? You know, so for us, you know, we're all fairly health conscious. You know, trying to mind our uh, our weight, so we don't want to go too crazy. <clears throat> you know, we'll probably have a couple special treats. But I know that we're not going to go insane with the volume of food that we eat, you know, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to, because mm-hmm. everybody will feel bad if we do that. So we won't do right. that. We'll have some pies probably and some things we don't normally make, probably some, you know, uh, potatoes that are loaded with garlic and butter and cream cheese that my daughter makes. But, you know, that will be that, you know, we'll eat it up and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, it's really about just taking the time to hang out with each other and have some conversations. Sometimes we like to play games at these kind of meals so that you have something to do to continue to hang out with each other rather than more food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's switch out of the, the munching mode now uh, and go to the play mode. So that's one thing. Sometimes we play card games. Um, we're not big TV viewers on, on Thanksgiving, so probably more likely to play some kind of games uh, as an adjunct to our, our food thing. Right. So, right. yeah, but it's really about just having open communication and um, figuring out what's important to you about the holiday. You know, in our case, like, um, you probably aren't going to see any crystal. My mom uses her china on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm, if, if they come to my house, I might not be serving with, you know, fancy glasses. I may keep it really simple mm-hmm. so that it's not like a load, you know. Um, I may use Chinette, okay, mm-hmm. as an ad for them. You know, I might not decide, you know, I want, it's, it's really not trying to, you know, live up to some imaginary standard for the holiday. But right. to say what's going to really make it easy for us and practical for us and fun for us. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of what I'm hoping people will be inspired to do by this conversation that we're having is to just really be more conscious about what they choose to do during this next chunk of time because you've got these multiple layers of stress you know that are being laid down that are building up and I think it just requires more self-care more you know deciding what's really important um, not thinking, oh, you know, maybe this is a year when you're going to buy less stuff. You know, people are on budgets. People haven't had their regular steady income. But that doesn't mean it can't be a special holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is a holiday where people will, will have time to play more games with each other and just hang out or play music or do whatever their family things are instead of, you know, spending lots and lots of money that a lot of people are just not going to have this year. Right, because I'm thinking it really um, doesn't make any difference if you have the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, per se. I mean, I think people have in their mind that it's turkey or, you know, in some cases ham or whatever it might be. But um, you could even do hot dogs if you were outside. Right. Because the concept is gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what are we grateful for this Thanksgiving? And for a great many people, it's going to be that we've made it thus far through COVID-19. You know, hopefully most of us haven't had a, a death of a loved one. They, You haven't maybe got somebody that has recontracted uh, COVID or maybe, you know, just now come down with it for the first time because we kind of have an explosion throughout the world of um, this particular virus. And um, a couple of uh, weeks ago, I had uh, Arthur Wernick, and I think you've heard him talk, but he is uh, has his doctorate in pharmacology. And we talked about uh, the fact that this virus, uh, when you do get the vaccine, it's not a given that it's going to protect you at all. Um, most of the time, we don't know for six months to a year the efficacy of a vaccine. And yet people are going to be rolling up their sleeve to say, sure, you know, give it to me without ever knowing what the side effects could potentially be, because that won't happen for a good year. So um, I think, you know, the key maybe during these holidays 
is what we do know is the people that are around us we have at the moment. And it's to be grateful for them and to express, you know, love, concern, value somehow, you know, with, with one another during these holidays. Indeed, indeed. And to just, you know, hopefully stay focused on our health and wellness goals mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. of course, the more we stress our immune system, yeah. the bigger chances that we're, you know, going to contract the virus. So, Absolutely. So some of the things that we sometimes do um, to ourselves that we want to try not to do is we get into fear, worry, expectations, anticipation, distraction, and overdoing. Mm -hmm. Those are things that are common things, especially in the holiday season. Right. So, um, so if you notice... The and Ives picture. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not exactly, right. 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 So you, you want to really try to be conscious if you start to get into that you know Mm -hmm. if your plans start to get really crazy elaborate and then they start to seem like a struggle or not fun maybe it would be good to check and see if those are really good plans for your family um you know we sometimes don't articulate what we want or how we want it to the people around us and then we're upset when they don't know what we what we wanted so we don't want to do that we want to try to actually communicate with the other people that we're going to share these holidays with about right. what you know get some semblance of a plan you right. know some right. some idea what what plan what planet we're going to right <laughs> and um and to try not to you know sometimes i find because i am a creative person i do like to have a lot of things going on but if i have too many things then it just feels like I'm distracting myself from the the nice thing, the experience of what I could be enjoying. There's enough going on. Like I don't need more other things happening. So to just kind of stay with something simple could be, you know, more gratifying than having too many irons in the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are, those are some of the things that I was really, you know, thinking about. And it's not always easy to just like say, okay, you're starting to worry. Okay. And just stop it. You know, just like cut, you know, that's not something that a lot of people can necessarily do. But you can think about what you're worrying about and then think, oh, cancel, cancel, and think about what you do want instead. Right. So I know a couple people that do that. My mom uses the cancel. And then I have another friend who imagines Edward Scissorhands, scissors, when she has thoughts that are not the thoughts that she wants to create or manifest. She mm-hmm. gets out her Ed- Edward Scissorhands and cuts them up. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, it's not, like I said, I think most people do worry some, but if you catch yourself doing it, then flip that script. You know, think about what you'd like to manifest or what would make your experiences meaningful. Or maybe you just need quiet time. I mean, a lot of moms have been doing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so especially the moms that have been like working from home, managing the homeschooling, or if they're single, you know, single moms and they don't have that partner in the house, I would be like paper plates all the way. We're not mm-hmm. doing anything that's difficult, you know, <laughs> like keep it simple mm-hmm. um, because otherwise it's not going to be as much fun as it could be. Remember the KISS principle? Oh yeah, I yeah. remember the KISS principle. <laughs> okay. This is, this, yeah. The next 90, 90 days could um, fall underneath that very well. Absolutely, absolutely, because um, I think it is going to be stressful and a lot of um, companies are already indicating to their employees that it's not going to be back to normal until at least summer of 2021. <clears throat> so that is a uh, snowball for everybody else because if you're working from home until at least the middle of 2021 and you want to be able to interact socially or you you know, need to have that structure of an office around you to keep you focused, then, you know, that's going to play havoc with, I think, a lot of people, not just you as a person, but, you know, it has a trickle-down effect for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's it's already building up a little bit. You know, there's a lot more. I noticed there were a lot more posts, at least I'm seeing them in Facebook, about mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so at least there is a level of awareness there. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're talking about in terms of dials, you know, being self-aware. You mm-hmm. know, what do you need right now? You know, are you tired? Are you hungry? Um, are you excited? You know, what is going on with you? And if you know what's going on with you, then you can support either your business environment or your family environment because you won't mix up what's going on with you with what's best for the moment, you know, in terms of appropriateness in that situation. Right. So, but if we're not clear about what's going on with ourselves and we haven't really taken care of meeting our own basic needs, 
then that's when the trouble starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, you and I as um, uh, therapists, you know, over parts of our lives, you're looking at uh, an increase in domestic violence. And a lot of that is, you know, income driven. But, uh, you know, we're in football season. And so there's always been an increase during football season because people watch the game if their team doesn't win. Then it puts them in a foul mood, and then they take it out on the dog, the cat, the kids, you know, their wife, their husband. Uh, because we have just as many women that are focused on sports anymore as we used to have just as men. Yeah. Um, so it's fascinating to me how we can let our emotions all of a sudden take charge of us rather than stepping back and taking a deep breath and saying, okay, who does this belong to? You know, where is this coming from? and then dealing with it instead of projecting it maybe onto other people. So again, the dials, you know, it's like slow it down. There um, was another uh, acronym that I used to like to use, and it was called uh, WIFF, or let's see, WIIFM. And uh, what it stood for is what's in it for me. And for a lot of people, that's how they operate their whole life is they're looking at it from that singular point of view that if it doesn't have something good in it for me, then I'm not interested. And we're having to change that too now, you know, where it's not so much what's in it for me as the good of the whole, you know, and looking at it from that perspective. And, and that's where a lot of this, you know, wearing a mask, you know, has come from too, is that if it can help prevent, you know, some people from getting, you know, the condition, then that's for the good of the whole. I do not like masks. I mean, I wear them when I go into the store because I'm required to, but the minute I get out and I'm headed towards my car, it comes off because I don't breathe as well behind that. So I can't even fathom these people that are having to work eight-hour shifts with a mask on. That is heroic in my mind. Right, but or the ones that are working even longer shifts. Some yeah, of the healthcare people healthcare. are doing 12 and 16 yeah. hour shifts in a mask. I just, that amazes me, just yeah. totally amazes me that they're able to do that. So, you know, kudos to them and, you know, I'm very thankful that they can do what they do. But maybe that kind of gratefulness, you know, as we look out across uh, all lines of work and just being thankful that there are people doing things for one another out there and to make a difference. Oh yeah, there's so much good and we just don't always hear all of that unfortunately, mm-hmm. but many many people have made many sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know, to make it better for others and I see that continuing to happen and you know, when there's a lot of political phrases around America's greatness, but I really feel like one of the great things about the United States is that people do tend to rise to the occasion and help each other when the chips are down. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that we're going to see, you know, an upswing in that. And um, and to me, that's one of the things that you can do, mm-hmm. you know, is take action in your small circles. Right. I you mean, know. hold the door for somebody. Yeah, it could you be. Know, it could it be. Could be as small as that. Could be as small as that. They can't know. see you smile right now. Right. They can't see you <laughs> smile. That's true. But you can do other little acts of charity, you know, that can make a difference for somebody. And, you know, when the fires were on the news every night out in Colorado and California, I mean, my heart went out to the people that were losing their homes. Hopefully they did have insurance. But I also thought about all the animals that were losing their homes. Oh, yeah, very and they don't sad. Have it. they don't have insurance. No, they didn't have insurance. <laughs> and and um, some of them didn't have any transportation to no. safety, although there were many people who rescued animals. Right. So there's a couple more A's I wanted to throw out here. Um, self-awareness is partly, you know, a good starting you know, point. Acceptance of the things that you cannot change because there's going to be, you know, not, nobody's going to be 100% satisfied with everything that happens politically in the next six months not going to happen right so let's you know buck up and and deal with the things that you know we don't necessarily care for and get busy at the local level and do what we can to be responsible Mm -hmm. for our own situations Mm -hmm. and you know trying to have a little bit of a positive attitude you know even though there are been a lot of challenges that are presented to us in 2020 and things that were rotten in Denmark have been exposed and it's unsettling it's frustrating 
thinking it's going to be a whole lot of, well, where do we go from here and what do we do now and how are we going to address this? So, you know, what you can do is find a way to take action in your locality, you Mm -hmm. know, in your neighborhood, you know, in your local food pantry. Um, in your family you know I'm sure there's somebody in your family that may not have a place to go for the holidays you know Mm -hmm. just just take the action that you can and then I promise you will not worry and fret as much about the things that you cannot control or influence right I mean and it is literally one person at a time you know it's I don't think any of us are going to take on you know a hundred people or fifty people but if you can make a small difference every single day doing something, um, then it makes the difference, you know, overall. There, it's a ripple effect. I've always said that, that when you throw a stone into a lake uh, and you see the ripples, that is us. And so we are impacting one person at a time, but then that one person touches other people that touch other people. So if we can keep that part in mind, we can make a difference. And it's not overwhelming, it's just taking that first step. Right, while we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. While we take care of ourselves. Putting that oxygen mask on our own face first. Yeah, so it's a dance, but it's a fun dance. And I feel more engaged and more alive when I go for both. When I go for taking care of myself and being of service to others, mm-hmm. that's when I feel the most engaged and happiest. Right, right. and. I mean, any, anybody who's ever worked with somebody who is depressed, <clears throat> it's just getting them to take that first step because um, they feel like they weigh a thousand pounds and they can't get up off the couch. But if you start with um, you know, taking a walk for 15 minutes, pretty soon you can do it for 20, pretty soon you can do it for 30. And with circulation, it improves the endorphins. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, the depression isn't as bad as it once was. And so there's these little things, you know, that, that people can learn to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm for everybody doing these small things to improve the quality of their own life, taking mm-hmm. responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. So dialing the smile. Yep. <laughs> um, what about kids? If you're an adult listening to this and you're thinking, okay, with the holidays are going to be challenging for children. Um, What would you maybe suggest to help a child find that inner smile so that they can dial their smile up? I mean, I have seen some of the most amazing things that children are doing during COVID-19. It blows me away what they, you know, are making, you know, taking their babysitting money and buying sewing machines and making masks and donating them, Um, you know, cooking uh, or baking, you know, for people that are out there on the line and taking it over it's just it's mind-boggling you know so kids can do it but there's going to be some kids that are are going to whine a little bit because things are not quite the same this year yeah i'm sure that will be disorienting for some Mm -hmm. kids and i think part of it is preparing to you know setting the expectations in advance saying okay this year things may be a little different than they have been in the past and here's Mm -hmm. how they're probably going to look right and you know if there was something you could add to that you know what would you add you know if there was one fun thing we could do on christmas what would it be you know Mm -hmm. engage them and see you know because their idea of what What's fantastic may not be, you know, apparent and maybe, maybe, may not be obvious to the parent. Right. You know, maybe they want to build a fort. I mean, who knows what would make that day a good day for them. Right. You know, but um, just to give them a chance and, you know, maybe come up with a few ideas, do some brainstorming. You know, different, sometimes families like to have movie marathons or they like to build forts or they, you know, if there's snow, you know, there's going to be a lot of snow coming, you know, maybe some families will go out and play in the snow together. So snowball fight, snowball fight, sledding, <laughs> you know, I'm always, I'm always loved sledding. So I did have a chance to go to the Northeast for Christmas many years. So that would be my preference to do some sledding mm-hmm. and just really, I think it's just, <coughs> did you ever go cross country skiing? I never did cross country skiing and I've done downhill, but not cross country. Cross country is so peaceful because it's uh, usually just a few people. It's not like you've got a whole bunch. And um, the trails are quiet, the woods are quiet, animals are quiet. (coughs) 
So that, that's really what I would say is just get everybody involved in planning ahead mm -hmm. so that there's a little bit of a plan and people have a clearer idea of what the expectations would be so that nobody, you know, try to avoid the disappointment as much as possible. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I used to do with my son when he was, um, oh gosh, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve in that age range, but we had a Christmas puzzle every year. And we would start it right after Thanksgiving, and the objective was to get it completed by Christmas. Nice. And we'd find, you know, one that we both liked, and it usually was a thousand pieces. So um, they have these uh, puzzle, kind of like blankets in a way, where you're it, it's tacky, and so you can roll it, or you right. can put it on a tray if you want to, um, you know, so that you don't have to worry about leaving it out where it can get moved or you know broken apart somehow but I recommend you know something like that for families because it's very inexpensive but it's something that you would do on a nightly basis let's say after school another thing um, was you know getting Christmas stories and mm -hmm. each age would have you know a favorite story and it was their responsibility to be able to read the story so uh, if they needed a little help that was fine but, you know, a younger person might pick something with uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Um, somebody that's a little older might pick um, uh, The Christmas Carol, you know, parts of that. Or The Littlest Angel was one of my favorites. Oh, this is lovely. I love this idea of having um, some reading going on mm -hmm. for, the, for the Christmas holiday. Yeah, and it, it kind and, of you know, you... and we keep saying Christmas, but you know, we're talking all the winter holidays: right. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Right. I think there's some other ones in there that I'm not aware of, but the idea of you know the light, bringing the light into mm -hmm. the dark days. You know, mm -hmm. that's what these holidays are about. Right. Exactly. Um, so there, there are. I mean, if you wanted to tackle as a family project, making a gingerbread house. You know, that might be something fun to do uh, that everybody could participate in and, you know, bake and, you know, get it maybe to go together. I've never made one, but I know they have contests. I've seen some elaborate ones. Or you could have a uh, cookie baking, you know, starting at, uh, you know, right after Thanksgiving and then make enough cookies to share with all your neighbors, you know, so you could, you know, make cookies and freeze them. And as you got closer to the Christmas holidays, then mix them all up and you know take them to neighbors and share so I mean there are some things that are a little more elaborate some things that are just you know fun um, at Thanksgiving um, because that's our closest holiday I would encourage people if they want to be dialing up their smiles um, to sit at the table when they before they um, begin eating and to go around the table and have each person give one reason that they're thankful Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, uh, but I think a lot of families don't do that. You know, their their focus is, you know, where's the turkey? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, this way... You can make a really great turkey out of a paper plate and a pine cone, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, used, I did that many years. Yeah, and I mean, maybe with kids, since we were talking about, you know, dialing smiles into kids, maybe some, um, you know, crafts, you know, things that they that you haven't done in years, whether it's stringing popcorn and cranberries or whether it's doing some, you know, turkeys that the kids help make and decorate the table with. Yeah, that sounds really fun, actually. I love stringing popcorn. I remember doing it, but uh, I also remember my fingers getting pricked a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> if the if you don't go through the kernel just quite right, on the other side is that get thing. Ya. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is fun. You know, it's just, there's a lot of... I remember making the... Um, Chains, the paper chains. Oh, yeah, paper chains. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so a little bit of a retro, maybe a little bit of a retro vibe. I think it could mm -hmm. make a difference mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. kids are used to going to stores right. and, you know, buying everything that they're going to put on the tree. And maybe this year because of finances or just because we're trying to have a calmer, more gentle holiday season, you know, maybe it would help, you know, just to go back in time and... Uh, kind of watch some old movies. It's a Wonderful Life, or uh, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or hear some of the stories about how your parents and grandparents spent yes. their Christmases. Yes. Uh -huh. how, how people share those stories would be nice. Right. And even if the, you know, the grandparent is far away, and maybe you're not going to be able to travel, 
you know, to see them for some reason during the holidays. They're not that close. Um, having a Zoom, you know, like a family Zoom meeting that you uh, schedule. And then, you know, they could tell a story, you know, from their childhood. Yeah, that would be neat. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's like you've got to put on your creative hat and figure this out as to what do we want to do to close out 2020 so it's not this heavy, which it has been, um, divisive, uh, difficult time for everybody. I mean, we need to turn it around a little bit these last two months. Yeah. And the only way that you're going to do that is by taking responsibility for making that happen mm-hmm. in your own head and heart and yeah. under your own roof. Exactly. Because there's going to be plenty of contention and craziness on the outside. And uh, you just have to decide how much of that you're going to allow in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very true. Well, what else would you like to share during um, you know the last few minutes of the show here? Uh, what else would I like to share? Um I feel like just trying to stay closer to the present moment, even though I'm also inviting you to look ahead. Mm-hmm. I think looking ahead with an eye to uh, seeing what can be done to make the next few months more fun and, and smoother and, and easier in your own home. But also, it's really keeping as much of your energy in today as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, making today a fulfilling and satisfying day, making these moments that we're sharing right now the most they can be, and, and enjoying that and getting satisfaction from it. We don't really know what's going to happen next year. We don't, we don't. know what the terrain is going to be. Mm-mm. But if we spend so much time and energy, you know, with undue worry, without... Uh, organized action toward you know some kind of positive results then we're just going to wear ourselves out and not have the energy we need to actually do whatever we need to do next year (laughs) right right and I don't know to me um as we're looking at you know the majority of November still and all of December as we're looking at this it's like who do I want to be in 2021 you know, because we've been responding to things that are out of our control in 2020, whether it's the political side or whether it's the health side. Um, you know, COVID-19 has forced people to live their lives very differently than they've ever had to live before. And a lot of people are angry, you know, at something that they can't control. So as we look at Uh, drawing 2020 to a close how we do that is going to impact how we begin to live 2021 and I think that's really important for people to keep in mind is that you know as we draw this year to a close we are forming the foundation for what 2020-21 will be and that foundation is to me is critical because you don't want another whole year. I mean, when I hear that businesses are saying, we're not going to open up until at least the middle of 2021, you know, for our employees. So you're all going to work from home. Well, for me, that's wonderful. I mean, I love working from home. But not everybody does. And if you've got small children, um, it has been quite a hardship because they have to figure out who's going to watch their children while they're at work. And now that they're home, you know, how do you have, how can you do your job and have little ones running around, you know, constantly? And so it has been a challenge, but I think that's where I'm at is let's look at how we can meet the challenges in the best way possible and then step into 2021 knowing that we have a foundation that allows us to be more optimistic. Right. Right. And taking whatever positive action we can, Mm -hmm. you know, there may have to be renegotiations. Like I guess a lot of guys haven't been picking up as much of the um, care with the kids at home and Mm -hmm. the homeschooling as the women have. A lot of women have stepped down from their jobs um, more so. And, you know, at some point in the year next year, if if people are still, if things Uh are as they are, you know, some couples may want to flip that. You know, it may be... (laughs) You know, in order for things to stay in balance and and harmonious, you know, maybe there's only a certain amount of time that mom can take on, you know, the greater 
burden mm-hmm. of all the things at home, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe her salary is going to become too missed at a certain point, you mm-hmm. know, and then maybe, you know, who knows what the solution is. But um, communication is always the answer. <laughs> that communication is the big biggest piece here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are, um, I think sometimes you get into a habit when you're at home a lot with people where you just fall into sort of like a habitual type of communication instead of talking about the things that really matter. So maybe that's part of what I haven't said that I think it's important to say is to say, you know, what really matters to us, you know, right now, what's Mm -hmm. really important to us and, you know, and maybe some evaluation. How did we do this year? You know, what worked, what didn't work, what Mm -hmm. would we like to see more of next year and what would we like? not like to repeat next year <laughs> but you know it's really interesting that you say that because um that is exactly what companies are doing hospitals are doing i mean everybody got caught with their pants down you know in covid we didn't we didn't have a plan it was kind of like well you know we'll deal with that when it comes and when it came you know people weren't ready and so it is a little bit of pre-planning and, and you don't have to be a prepper um, in the truest sense of the world, to to make this a time where you do evaluate, where is my health? And if it's not where it needs to be, what can I do to get it there? You know, where is my emotional well-being? If it's not where it needs to be, then how do I get it there? Um, what are my relationships like? You know, if we've been apart so much and not able to talk to one another, you know, what can we do to make that improved? You know, because we might still be separated from our friends and other family members because of COVID. Um, there's every little aspect of who you are probably needs to be evaluated somewhat. And, you know, using that dial again to how can I dial it into a healthier existence for myself and for the people that I love? What can I do to make this better? And a lot of people, I think, have done that through the slowing down. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of know, you know, which things um, are important to them more so now than maybe when they were still running like crazy before March. Right. Yeah. But if we go back to running crazy, let's say in July, then what do you want to do a little differently so that you don't go back to that old way of living? So this has been a reset, I think, for an awful lot of people, uh, for the environment, maybe, uh, doing things differently there, but also for relationships as a whole and for how we want to spend our time. You know, it's, it's definitely a time to step back and make sure that we're headed in a direction that's a healthy direction. Definitely healthy and conscious and healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, well, okay, so I want you to tell them again how to reach you because there may be several people that would love to have a consultation. Um, also, remind them that you do Theta Healing. And, um, yeah, so I provide services both to individuals and to businesses or organizations. Um, one is a little more on the left, left brain side, the other more on the right brain, as, as I'm sure you would imagine. Um, I am a, a Theta Healer. I have seven certifications in Theta Healing, and I am a gifted intuitive. So I do help people uh, through intuitive coaching and counseling, and I also mentor intuitives. So I do have classes that I teach, you know, once I have a certain number of people where I um, help people uh, establish and understand the different types of intuitive gifts and how to apply those in their day-to-day life. And then on the left brain side of things, um, I'm very good at, at building systems in organizations that serve people. So if you need your employees to do something and they're just not understanding what the expectations are, or if you have a service-driven organization and your clients are not you know, responding the way you want them to to what you're offering, there may be gaps there that just need to be filled in. Um, and it's interesting because I basically use empathy in both of these approaches. Um, it's, you know, kind of turned up to a higher degree when I'm doing theta healing. Um, but the, I'm basically using the same skills when I'm looking into how is an organization, you know, working or not working in terms of connecting, uh, the dots once again, to help people engage in a way where the employer or, you know, maybe it's a government agency that needs people to do a certain thing. When there's a gap between um, what's happening and the desired results, I'm able to use my empathy to figure out how to, how to build a bridge there. 
Yeah. Um, and when you talk about empathy, one of the, the keys that I have been learning is um, what I call um, heart coherence, which is through Heart Math Institute. And I know you're familiar with them. So, well, I want to thank you again for um, being my guest. And um, we will um, certainly see you again in the not too distant future. Um, also, just a reminder to everyone that we, you can find all of these shows uh, at www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And uh, so please check out the website and sign up for the free health newsletter. I think it's pretty beneficial for people to be reading that. And um, so do you have anything else you want to share? I think I didn't say where they could find me. Kristen Geeslin, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-G-E-E-S-L-I-N-2 at Gmail. Or my Facebook page is Kristen Geeslin, M-S. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, go out there and make this your very best life. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I will see you in about a week. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.